Welcome back to another episode of Voice of the River. I'm your host, Jordan Zerker, and today I am here with Emma Hillary Gould, who just came back from Sevilla, Spain. Yes, this is true. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we get into our podcast, we'd like to say a huge thank you to our semester sponsor, Adara Salon in downtown Durham. She's been super helpful getting us uh, going with this podcast, so be sure to check her out right next to Breaking New Grounds. So welcome, Emma Hillary. Thank you. How you been? <laughs> I've been good. I got back on Sunday oh, wow. from Spain. Quick turnaround. Yeah, it was a very quick turnaround. I was back to school on Wednesday, unpacked, let's see, mm, Tuesday. <laughs> and then <laughs> I there I was. My mom did my laundry, and I was like, all right, ready to go. I love it. Yeah. So what did you actually do in uh, Spain? Yeah, so I did a lot while I was in Spain, <laughs> but I guess the general overview that I tell people is essentially I was studying abroad. Uh, I went through, I guess you could say an agency. Basically, they set you up with the host family and the local Spanish school you'll be going Very to cool. in your town. And then they send you off, and there you go. And uh, it's all Espanol from there. Uh, I was living in Los Palacios y Villa Franca, which is about 30 minutes outside of Sevilla. Um, but there was an hourly bus, so, you know, we got into the city. Nice. Um, yeah, so I was living with a host family. There was a mother, a father, five children. Oh, my um, goodness. Yes. Um, <laughs> two of them were 18-year-old twins, a brother and a sister. And I hung out with them a lot. And then there was a 15-year-old girl who actually just turned 16, and she was the one I went to school with. Very cool. And then there was a 12-year-old girl and a 9-year-old boy. And that, wow. Yeah. That doesn't even count all the cousins that we had. Oh I knew goodness. multiple people who had 10 brothers and sisters, which is ridiculous to yeah. me, but hey, you know, you go. Um, and then I was going to a local Catholic school. Um yeah, it was a Catholic charter school. We had bars on the window and oh plaid God. skirts, and it was such an adventure. The whole building was made of stucco. It was incredible. It was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is really – that's completely different I from know. school here. I know. Completely different. Yeah. Wow. How did you deal with that big change? Yeah. I mean, I think first day I was there, I was like, all right, cool. Here we go. Can't understand a word. <laughs> Can hardly speak, but we're going to just do our best. Day two, I was like, oh my God, I am here for five months and yeah. I'm not sure I can communicate. <laughs> and I like freaked out a little bit. Um, that was, I would have to say that was like the, the downhill. That was the, oh my God moment, the like panic. Like what did I do? Yeah, like what have I done? What have I committed myself to? My friends are back like at Oyster River, living their lives, like middle of the cross country season. I'm not even a part of it, but I'm hearing all this drama and here I am just like, I don't even know who these people are and I'm living in their home. Um, but then after that, I remember I took a shower and in the shower I was like, oh my God, like what have I done? And then I kind of just like was like, well, this is what I've done, so we're gonna do it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I got out of the shower, and then I just kind of was like, okay. And I actually went into the living room, and one of my host sisters was watching mm, Planeta de los Simios, Planet of the Apes. Ah, uh, nice. And we sat down and we watched that, and after that, I felt a lot better, and it just kind of was all up, all up from there. That's that was good. awesome. Oh my yeah. goodness. So. Backing up to like the yeah. summer before, the year yeah, before, yeah. what inspired you to 
like seek this out and go on this trip? Yeah, um, people ask me that. Honestly, I wish I knew. <laughs> no, I think I do know. I think um, it was sort of that third quarter time of the year, and I was like, man, third quarter, like you. <laughs> um, and my life had just definitely fallen into that just like normalness, the monotony yeah. of just schedule. And, and this wasn't just like schedule third quarter. This was scheduled since like first grade. I'd been like yeah. with all the same people doing all the same things. And I was ambivalent about taking a gap year, but I knew I wanted to do some traveling and something of the sort. So I really just thought, well, why wait? Let's go now. Yeah. Let's just do something. Let's escape from our normal. Let's learn something new. So I found CIEE, which was the group I ended up going through. And I found a bunch of other ones, but I found them. And basically the reason I went with them is because their application deadline had not happened yet. (laughs) So I was like, literally it was the day that the application was due when I found it. And I was like, Hey, listen, Nikki, like Lige, you guys are great parents. Like this is what I wanted to do. And they were like, okay. Um, so I filled out the application. I think it was in like two days. I remember I wrote Senor Gibson a letter literally that night, like, hi, I know this is like a really like big request, but can you write me a letter of recommendation for tomorrow? And yeah. And then I was like, right as the portal was closing, I submitted my application. And then a little while later I found out that I had gotten in and I was like, great. Awesome. Okay. So this (laughs) is real. Um, and at that point, uh, I had some decisions to make, but honestly, I, I just kind of, we, we joke in my family that my dad loves me more than my mom because my dad was out of town the weekend that my mom and I said yes. <laughs> um, so my dad came home and my mom was like, yeah, we're sending our daughter off to Spain for five months. Like, are you cool with that, Lige? And he was like, oh my God, my daughter. Um, I love it. Yeah. So Nikki sort of sold me off pretty quick, but Lige, we had a little hard time, but anyway, um, yeah, so then, and then basically from there, I knew it was happening, um, but I don't think I really thought about it too much yeah. for the, for the rest of that year. Like I knew it was there, but I, I didn't want to set any pre-expectations. So I yeah. kind of just tried to not think about it too much. Um, and then all of a sudden it was the summer and then all of a sudden it was September and it wasn't really until everyone else went back to school in September. And I had like, I think it was like two sort of awkward weeks of just like waiting that I really started to like mentally process what I was going to do and like started to get ready, get excited, all that stuff. Awesome. Did you do anything Spanish-wise to prepare before you went? I wish I could say I did. <laughs> um, it was sort of, I feel like, uh, having having been a sort of alumni of, uh, of VLAX, Very nice. I can tell you that summer work, you go in and you're like, yeah, I'm going to have a productive summer. <laughs> well, you're not. Yep. So that's cute. You're not. <laughs> Um, so that was sort of me. I was like, yeah, I really should practice my Spanish. I think I like watched, well, this is what happened. I, I want, I tried to watch some Spanish movies and I just did not understand that much of them. And like, I I understood bits and pieces, but it just scared me. I was like, if that's what my life is going to be like, am I like, I just know, like I'm out, like we're, we're not going to scare ourselves. We're not going to do this. So essentially I opened my Spanish book a few times. Did I study I don't think so. Um, and then those two weeks before I sort of, again, I, I looked through my notes. I think I rewrote my notebook into a little notebook oh that I was like, I'll use this as like 
a little um, reference book, but honestly, no, I didn't really. <laughs> so it was mostly just like you show up, whatever Spanish you got, yeah. like from there. That's exactly that's you it's like good luck. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That is a little terrifying. It is a little terrifying, and I don't think I registered how terrifying that was before I left, which I'm glad I didn't. Um, really, for me, it was just that day two when I was like, yes, this is scary. And then after that, I was like, hey, but we're here, and and we just lived our life after that. But it's definitely, I think, when people hear, like, on the surface, like, oh, yeah, you went to Spain. They're like, oh, how much fun. Like, your Instagram pictures must be awesome. Or like, blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah, okay, but I was also going to school, like, my entire yeah. day was in Spanish, and there were some very scary times, I'd have to say. So what was school like over there, other than the very Catholic? Yes, very Catholic. Um, school is incredibly different, incredibly okay. different. Yeah, I, I was not prepared for how different it would be. Um, basically, every grade is one class. Okay. So there's a lot of schools in Spain, and all the schools are small. This is, like, true for all, um... You have one class. Um, at my school, you had been with that class since you were six years old, wow. which is relatively typical. Mm -hmm. um, you travel with that class through every single grade, the same 20, like 25 people. Wow. Oh um, yeah, and basically they set it up. So they have primaria, which is like elementary school. Gotcha. And then you enter the ESO, which is like essentially from sixth grade to sophomore year. Um, but it's, it's four years and that's because okay. they do their grades by what year you were born in rather than September to August. So oh, all the kids born in 2001 are in a grade, all the kids in 2000. Yeah. Oh. It was interesting because there were kids in the grade above me who would have been in my grade mm. and it was weird. And I was already in a class of kids a year younger, um, because I was studying abroad and they wanted me in the ESO. So the ESO you basically do from age 12 to 14 or 15. No, that's a lie. You do it from like age 12 to age 16. Gotcha. And after that, you enter bachillerato. And there's basically primero bachillerato and segundo de bachillerato. And those are the first and second year, which is basically equivalent to junior and senior year here. Gotcha. Um, and that's the point where the state stops paying for your school. So after, basically after the ESO, you have to pick your track. And your track can be um, like humanities, language, English, math, like science and economy. So basically oh, yeah. you're, you're sort of picking your career. Um, yeah, I, can you imagine <laughs> at the end of sophomore year, they're like, all right, like, make some go. big decisions. Yeah. yeah. So after that, in Bachillerato, if you pick, like, language, you never have to take math again. Yeah. So I know. I know. My host sister was telling me that. I was like, Teresa? Let me digas. Oh, my God. I was like, they need to get over here. I love that. Um, yeah, though I, for a second, was not like I wanted that system because it's definitely scary. Um, but, yeah, so Bachillerato. And so the, I was in Cuarto de Eso. We were the oldest kids at the school, and the kids were all getting ready for Bachillerato, which is a lot harder. Um, and they were going to be with different kids because they were going to be at a different school. It's like gotcha. going from middle school to high school. It's yeah. just that you do it when you're 16. So, yeah. Um, but it was in, in Spanish school, and going back to that, it was incredibly different, too, because you stay in the same classroom the entire day. From oh 8 to 2.30, you sit in the exact same seat, Ugh. and the teachers rotate. 
And there were only four teachers in the ESO. And they've had the same four teachers since they were 12 to when they were 16. That's insane. Yeah. So if you think kids in the U.S. misbehave badly in their classes, just wait till you go to a class that has been together since they were six and had the same teachers since they were 12. They have no one that they want to, like, make a new good impression on at the beginning of the year because it's the same teachers. Wow. Yeah. That is so, like, foreign. I know. like, Mm -hmm. me because I'm like... Every year I get a, a new teacher or right. I, I see a new person, yeah. but like seeing the same. I know. And they kept, yeah, they kept asking me questions like, oh, como esta tu clase? And I was like, I don't really know. Like, I don't really have a class right now. Like, <laughs> I guess I have like 180 people that are my class, but not really. So, wow. yeah, they were like, how, what, what is your Spanish class like? And I told them in general, but they wanted to like FaceTime them or something. And I was like, what? Like, we can't. There's not. Um, one though we actually weren't allowed to because there's no cameras allowed in Spanish school. You can't. We wow. couldn't even bring our phones to school. We had to leave them at home. Why is that? I think it's because the teachers don't want um, a student to capture a video of them doing a misdemeanor mm, gotcha. and then firing. <laughs> yeah. I, I think there's legality reasons. I also just think that they see them as a distraction in school. Um, yeah, we weren't allowed to bring ours. We never used computers. We basically just like worked out of the textbook most of the time and lectures and stuff. We watched a movie. We actually watched Game of Thrones in biology, which just kind of goes <laughs> to show like the European attitude towards sex. And, and we're just like watching all this stuff. I'm like, oh my God, this is so uncomfortable. We never watched this in the yeah, States. Like, that's like, completely like, there. like so yeah, different. I'm very different. Wow. So going to school in a different country for five or six months. Yeah. Did that put you behind here at school or? Yeah. Um, so I had heard, and you'll see online these exchange students who are writing, oh my God, my, my English has, has decreased. Like, <laughs> it's worse. It's like, oh my God. So I definitely had a little bit of fear of that. Um, but I read a lot of English books while I was there because I was very afraid of this. Um, which I really don't like think one should be afraid of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, there, there, I had my moments, but, um, no, I think in general, I am still fluent in English. So pat very, myself on the back, gold star in English. <laughs> um, let's see. I don't think it really so much put me behind. I, I have to say like Oyster River is, was really awesome. The counseling department was awesome. I got a lot of credits for the stuff that I did abroad, which was awesome. That's good. Um, and it really comes down to the fact that we have an elective s- system. And also, junior year was the perfect year for me to do it because you have trig and finite for math, which yeah. are two separate courses. So if you decide to go for a semester and you come back, you can still join a math class. Um, because nice. traditionally, if you were in like algebra 2, you couldn't really just join in the middle <laughs> yeah. without knowing any of the beginning. Yeah. So I, I would have to say in general, I don't feel like it put me behind, but I was definitely worried about, oh, if I have a lot more homework, how will I be adjusted? Yeah. And, and, you know, I haven't written an essay in nine months and I guess I still haven't because I haven't had one assigned yet, but Very good. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I guess not, but I guess we'll find out more. What was the most difficult thing for you? Um, either going there or coming back? Yeah, I think... Well, for certain, going there, I'd say, is a lot more difficult. Um, just because everything that is normal in your life suddenly changes. Yeah. And your entire support network also changes. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you can FaceTime your family and stuff, but it's not 
There's no break from study abroad. It's not like when you enter a new school or you do something extremely hard in your normal life. Well, then you go home and you have your parents or your same friends and you kind of go home from it at the end of the day. That doesn't happen when you study abroad. You're on all the time. Um, And I think that was the hardest thing was having to kind of shape everything new in this new country. It wasn't just new school. It was also new family. And it wasn't just new family. It was new friends. Uh, It was new everything. It was a new culture. And that amount of newness, um, well, they have a word for it, culture shock. (laughs) And you will feel it. You will. Yeah. And I think the coolest thing is finding what's the same through everything that's different. But it's also exploring those differences, finding what you like, finding what you don't like. I think you come back with a lot, uh, with a much bigger sense of self, much greater sense of self. Uh, And that, I think, just comes down to you learn so much more about yourself when you're put into a situation where everything changes. Because suddenly when you have none, none of your normal influences, you know, I think our parents influence us so much and all of that. And suddenly you just have none of that. Mm-hmm. You're really like, okay, well, who am I? What, what, what is this? Um, exactly. And that's really when, when, you, when you start to kind of see things through a different perspective and you become aware of your own perspective. Yeah. So yeah, I'd say that was the hardest terms of coming back, a lot of people think that's hard. Uh, for me, honestly, it's it's been easy. I just kind of, I feel like I've compartmentalized it. So when I'm here, I'm here. And if I go back to Spain, that's where I'll be. Do you hope to go back? Yeah, I do. Uh, they actually, they've invited me for all these different times. My <laughs> little brother has his first communion in April and they really want me to come for it because it's also the week of the Feria in Seville, which is the fair. Uh, It's super fun. Um, Yeah, so that's over April break and I don't know if I can find really cheap plane tickets, that would be awesome. And if I could like get a job and pay for them, that would be (laughs) super cool. And then there'd be nothing stopping me, but I don't know. We'll find out. But I definitely turn intend to return. That's so cool that you have this whole like connection that nobody else in this entire school has no it's definitely weird I like my but like I come back I'm like wow like I have a family back (laughs) there I have a home like oh my gosh oh my goodness so I think I'll end with um you know a lot of people think about going to other countries whether Mm -hmm. it's in a gap year or for college or Mm -hmm. things like that you know what was the biggest thing that you like learned and how would you recommend that other people go about it yeah. Wow. Um, I know. Big question. Yeah, I know. But it's, it's definitely true. There's definitely, I mean, I would be dumb to not say that definitely traveling right now, going abroad is a very trendy thing right now. I think there's like a lot of movement about it. People are really interested in it. I have to say um, it's very traveling and vacationing are extremely different things. And I would say to understand that difference is really crucial because, um, like, for example, when I was in Spain, I went to Morocco for four days, too. Yeah, and I actually also stayed with the host family when I was there. And we were traveling. We were not vacationing. Uh, And the side of Morocco that I saw was completely different from the side of Morocco that I had read about. Um, I remember before I left, I saw that anthropology was doing their, like, fall collection based on Morocco. And I was, like, looking, I was like, oh, my God, I love these skirts. And, you know, I go to Morocco, and 
that is definitely <laughs> not exactly what it is. Um, I think, yeah, I think in general what I would recommend to people going abroad is know that difference and then also be open to anything. Do not set expectations because they will always be different. Know what you're getting into, but also don't. Because I think if you completely understand what you're about to do, you won't do it. And I think if you go in thinking that it's all going to be fun and it's all going to be easy, you're going to have a real slap in the face. Yeah. Uh, study abroad is incredible, but like I was saying, you're always on. And that I think is one, I think everyone has to experience that at some point in their life, just always being on, never having that break or the same things that we fall back on. But I also think it's something you definitely have to be aware of and you have to ready yourself for. Well, thank you so much, Emma Hillary, for coming and talking with us today. I think I personally learned a lot about not only your experience, but just studying abroad in general. That yeah. Really great. Oh, well, thank you for having me, Jordan. This of course. Very exciting. <laughs> um, I loved getting to share this experience with everyone and uh, talking with you. We had a good time. Yes, we did. Be sure to check out Adara Salon in downtown Durham. She's our semester sponsor. Um, and be sure to tune in next time to our next episode of Voice of the River. Bye, everyone.